First World Problems is now part of the Punk News Podcast Network, where you can check out other shows like the Punk News Podcast and Wizard's Beard. Visit punknews.org for those shows and many more, as well as all the latest news, new releases, and reviews of all your favorite bands. Check it out. Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number 21. We're sitting here in a beautiful Southern California day. The sun is shining, as it usually is. Uh, Ray, did you, did you write that down? No, did I say the same exact thing previously? Pretty much. Well, what can I say? I'm a radio professional. Um, we are journalists. <laughs> we are here with our very special guest, uh, one Mr. Ben Sharp of the, the band, well, I, I don't know, I say the word band loosely, of the entity known as Cloud Kicker. Ben, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Hi, Ray. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Just to give a little background on people uh, for, or a little background on Ben for the people that are listening to the show, uh, Cloud Kicker is a musical entity uh, slash brainchild of uh, one Mr. Ben Sharp. Um, he creates uh, a lot of music that's uh, technical yet pretty yet heavy. There's a lot of words to describe it. Previous guests of the show have mentioned Ben's music on more than one occasion, and I myself have also showered praises upon the music as well, so uh, I hope I'm not blowing too much smoke up your ass, Ben. No, that's fine. You like smoke? Well, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and Ben lives uh, in the Midwest area, so uh, we're doing this uh, cross, somewhat cross-country. So, uh, it's kind of sunny here. Yeah? What's the weather like? A uh, little cloudy, but it's not raining or anything. It's good. Actually, it's uh, almost identical to what the weather is in L.A. Oh, oh look at you, using your iPhone. <laughs> I'm, using my, I'm using my dashboard. Oh, even better. And with me, as always, are the two co-hosts, Mr. Joey Cahill. Hello. And Mr. Scott Arnold. Hello. How are you guys doing today? It's been so long. I'm doing very good, Ray. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise. As always. Scott, are you, are you doing okay? I'm doing really well. There's a giant horse next to me. <laughs> the horse is downstairs? Yeah. <laughs> they're, Joey, they're, clearly Joey, the barricade I, did not work. What? I said. Well, I guess I didn't really put up the barricade. Yeah. Uh, for those interested, Joey and I are babysitting a massive Great Dane. And, uh, do, you, do, you have, do you have any sense of how much the dog weighs? Uh, 130 pounds. <laughs> That's that. That is a horse. Um, and I am an imposing person at six foot six, but this dog scares me. That sounds terrifying. It'll just come and just stand and just put its face next to your face, and its face is massive. Well, keep it downstairs, okay? Okay. Yeah, you're in charge of it, Scott. <laughs> okay. Um, Whoa. Was that the dog? Dog, The dog just ate Scott. (laughs) Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Um, We'll just uh, move right into our uh, quick hit section in which we uh, recommend some cool stuff that we're into. Uh, As most people that have checked a few episodes out know that they can be 
very random or not very useful. Um, so, <laughs> which actually could be an apropos description of the podcast in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So Joey, do you uh, do you have a uh, quick, nope? Nope. Come to me last. I'm Seth's pulling the Scott. Not totally fine. Scott, do you happen to have a quick hit yet, or should I? I, I do. All right, Scott. What is it? It is a website. It is called Radar Matic, M-A-T-I-C. And this is a really, really cool weather website done by one guy. And what he did is he synthesized a bunch of public um, weather feeds, and he made his own visualizations for precipitation. And it's really awesome. Wow. So what, what do you use it for? Um. Well, what I think is the coolest part is that you can – so when you see, like, some kind of weather system over a – I guess it's some kind of reporting station. They're scattered throughout the whole place. You can save the graphic of the weather by itself, if that makes any sense. So you, you have this really, like, cool, fluid um, file of an image that represents this storm. And you can do all kinds of things with colors, and it's made by one dude totally independently, and it's awesome. Huh. Hey, Scott? Yeah. I think it's probably pronounced Radar Medic. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> ben just pwned me. He, he did. He pwned a noob. Ben, have you, were you familiar with the site beforehand? No, but I'm on it right now, and it's uh, not... I don't think it's working, but I'm gonna try to see what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> well, you uh, like if you go over Michigan, uh huh, right now, yeah. Uh, so the weather will only pop up around one of those white dots. Yeah, and so you have to find somewhere with storm activity. Scott, what's it called again? Uh, ben, pr- please pronounce it for me. Yeah, it's called Radarmatic, like automatic, but Radarmatic. Gotcha. And do you remember the website Muxtape, which was like a um, digital mixtape sharing website? Mm-mm. You don't? No, I never used it. I never heard of it. Oh, it was like this really popular thing for a couple months, and then the RIAA took it down. But the same guy that made that made this. Oh. Was it kind of was was it kind of like Makeout Club? Um, no. <laughs> Scott, I have no idea what you're doing to the microphone, but it sounds terrible. <laughs> it's not me. What do you mean it's not you? It's your microphone. I don't think it is. I think it's Joey. My microphone is sitting on my chest not moving. <laughs> totally coming from Scott's microphone. <laughs> hey, hey, Scott, could you be more professional and get some equipment? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. Well, I never actually. This is this is a very uh, stupid question, but uh, seeing as your name is Cloud Kicker, uh, Ben, are you yeah. are you into weather? Actually, I am. Okay. You know, out here in the Midwest, you get more of it, and it's more of a um, it's more of a factor in your daily like planning because you have cold fronts and and warm fronts, and you know it'll be like sunny for two days, and then it'll cool off and a thunderstorm will pass through. So there's, it's, you can reference it more than, you know, than you do in Los Angeles, obviously, because you just don't have that much weather. But, um, I like how 
it's like the only thing that kind of keeps humans in check anymore. Uh, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> you know, cause like I found about it one day I was like sitting, I don't know, drinking a tea or something. And I was looking at like squirrels and they're like, they live in trees, but then the trees are like, it's like someone's tree. And that person can just come out and like shake the tree and the squirrel has to go somewhere else. Or like a, like it can, it has to contend with cars and like buildings and same thing goes for like animal, every animal that lives in cities. And I was like, but what, like, what do humans have to, like, there's nothing, humans don't have like giant cars that come through and they have to get out of the way, you know, but then it's like the earth itself is what we have to deal with. That, that is easily the most profound thing that's ever been said in this pod. So it's, you know, it's a hobby of mine. It's actually, it's actually really interesting. Like, when you see a giant thunderstorm and you're, you actually know what's going on in it. Uh, so. I mean, it makes sense being from the Midwest. Like you said, you actually have to pay attention to it where it's like, obviously yeah. the, re- the reason that a lot of people live in Southern California is that we don't have to deal with weather. We don't pay attention to it. It just uh-huh. exists. You're right. Well, good. Thanks for the recommendation, Scott. Um, Joey, you had so much to tell us about it, Scott. I know. <laughs> what? Nothing. Typical Scott. Yeah, Scott, Ben, just a little information. Scott tends to recommend products. He has, like, he knows maybe about 5% of it, and then he lets everybody else do the work. <laughs> so, okay. Similar to the way that you pronounced it correctly, whereas Scott pronounced it wrong. Uh-huh. But regardless, thank you, Scott. Not talking anymore. <laughs> Well, it's good because we can hardly hear you. <laughs> it's because that dog ate that microphone. Uh, Joey, did you have a uh, quick hit you'd like to share? My quick hit this week, it'll be sort of a repeat of a quick hit from an earlier episode, uh, would be season three of Top Shot, which is about halfway through right now. Um, yeah. I, I don't like that show. I know. Scott doesn't like it because there's too much slow-mo. I don't know why you don't like it. I just, I watched the first season and it was cool. And then the second season, uh, it just, uh, I don't know, it just lost me. It was, it just, it fell into the whole reality show. uh, Just, you know, like it just became uninteresting. I don't know. I didn't care about the guns they were shooting or whatever competition they were doing. It just kind of, I don't know, I lost interest. They shot a cannon this year. It was awesome. And then... And uh, one of and they always do like the primitive tools, like you know, knives, throwing knives and tomahawks. Um, this year they threw rocks, huh? Because it was the first the first weapon, so they had to throw a rock. But it's uh, it's pretty entertaining, you know, the normal cast of characters. Um, yeah, very funny or not funny. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> They're shooting guns, but very entertaining. Yes. Yeah, still shooting guns. Okay. Um, but so I still enjoy that show, and I still recommend it. And it's on the third season now, on the History Channel. Got it. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Um, and you, oh, you're so welcome. You can you can apologize to your girlfriend for us taking up every room in her house. No need to apologize. She uh, it's her fault for coming home. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, Ben, do you have a uh, do you have something you'd like to uh, recommend to the podcast world? Yeah, also a TV show. 
um, uh, Louis season two is, I just finished watching all of those the other night and it's phenomenal. You are speaking my language. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the middle of a full blown obsession with everything that Louis CK has done. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Everything, everything he's ever done. I, if I find something new that like, I haven't heard him say that before, I'll sit down and watch it. I don't care how long it is. Have you? Have you? Are you a big podcast listener yourself, Ben, or no? No, uh, I don't. I, no, I'm not. There. Then there's something I'll recommend to you. It's uh, okay. There's a podcast called WTF. It's hosted by a comedian named Mark Marin, um, uh-huh. and he uh, basically he's I don't know he's in this like 200 some odd episode, but he. Uh, I don't think this is free. I think the these podcasts are older, so he puts them like talking about the the Louis ones. Yeah, um, yeah, those ones are like archive now, so they're you have to pay for them. Yeah, but they uh, or you can just find them and download them. Yeah, which is true. That is that is a, that is a way to illegally obtain them. Um, but basically, he, uh, Mark, Marin, and Louis have been friends for like you know twenty twenty five years, and they just have it's like a two part interview, so it's like two and a half hours. Um, but at one point, Louis C.K. tears up in talking about his children, and it's just like it shows a side of him that you're just like, holy shit! Like this dude is not only you can tell he's obviously genuine from all the product that he puts out and all the you know bits he does, but uh, it just it shows a side of him that you know you rarely get to see. So I would I would recommend that to you, Ben. Actually, I did listen to that one. Oh, how good was that? Yeah, it was really good. I'm glad that you listened to it also. Yeah, I think we all, all pretty much listen to it. It's so, on YouTube. That one, it's like split into three or four parts, but it's it's out there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm about halfway through season one of Louie right now. I'm a little behind. Uh huh. Well, that one. Season one is amazing. Also, I I enjoy it very much so far. So I'm looking forward to to watching it. I did watch the the clip with Dane Cook though. Yeah, uh, I'm very interested in the whole Dane Cook story. Yeah, so. there's a part in season two. It's a like all of the episodes in season two start with the the intro thing, but there's one where it's like a cold open that starts with him finishing a show and then going on a subway, and it's like a five minute segment that has no dialogue, and it's it's intensely great. Uh, that I think to me was the highlight of season two. Yeah, it's it's pretty. I think it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think it's so cool he got nominated for an Emmy. Did you know that he he writes, directs, edits, like he does, he does everything on his. Like, I was on his like thirteen inch uh, MacBook Pro. I was listening to something. I think it was another episode of WTF with someone else, and they were talking about it. Like, and he or maybe I don't know some podcast, but like. The only like he took like I guess like a you know a hefty pay cut uh, to have complete control. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, he just he he sees he sees his vision and he's like I want to do whatever I can to make this into reality. And then it's just I'm just stoked that this show is now like you know I mean it'll obviously get renewed for a third season, and so it's like now that it's actually getting traction and people understand where he comes from and understand his vision, it's like. It's great, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a person, you know, twenty plus years to become successful in some way, shape, or form. 
Have you seen his stand-up from like when he was 20 in the late 80s and early 90s? You know, I actually haven't. I've been meaning to watch that, but I haven't watched any of it. There's, you can search for it on YouTube. There's like a, uh, uh, they just put, he puts, it's on his channel. He okay. put like a bunch, like maybe seven, seven minutes of, of some different segments together um, in this montage of just like a little sampling of him when he was a comedian. Um, when he was like 20 and he still had all his hair. He just, I feel like he always had it. Like he always had that thing that he has now, but he really didn't, uh, I don't feel like he could have been famous and been any other age than what he is now and in like the environment that there is now. He had to like grow into it. Yeah. I, you know, he just, he was talking about funny stuff when he was 20, but I don't think he had like the perspective that he has now that makes all his bits so like biting. Yeah. Well, Scott, there's hope for you. Like, you know, maybe you can grow into your stand up comedian career at some point. Okay. Are you going to so, get, <laughs> go, go ahead, keep, Scott. Keep it coming, Scott. <laughs> so, so I need to gather some life experience first. Yeah. Get divorced and have kids. Okay. Opposite order, though. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you could just try it the other way and see how it happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Scott's stand-up career when he start when he turns 45 years old. I'm I'm yep. looking forward to it. But I actually I want you to start a stand-up career based off of the work of Carrot Top. Okay, I'm on my way. <laughs> prop prop comedy is definitely well respected within that community. Um, but can you get as much Scott? Can you get a bunch of work done like Carrot Top? Like shave your eyebrows off and. Oh, sure. Hit really? the weights a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he hits more than weights, if you get what I'm saying. No, I don't. Can you explain? Are you I saying he beats his wife? Yeah. <laughs> I, yes, I think he does that, and I think he also might hit some white substances that uh, of varying effects from stuff you can Well, so, so it's, hopefully Carrot Top doesn't listen to this and sue us, Ray. I know. Actually, yeah. You should at least say, you should say allegedly. Yeah, this it's is always all, covers you. you. I know that's true. Thank you, Joey. You're, you can jo- say whatever you say, whatever you want, as long as you say allegedly. <laughs> Joey is now the first world problems legal consultant. Um, so yes, allegedly, I feel that Caratop may have allegedly done some of these things. So I, I just hope that that world doesn't open up to you, Scott. I'll uh, well, I'll Scott. keep an eye out for it. I'll keep Scott. an eye out for it in case it does. Scott, what else are you doing in there? I'm trying to avoid talking over people. So you have pause after pause after pause? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm just going to start talking then. That's fine, dude. Run run over people. That's fine. That's what I do. Rail just just edit out. It's fine. (laughs) Perfect. Um, <laughs> All right, Ray, Ray, do you have a quick hit you'd like to share? Scott, I really appreciate you asking. Of course I do. Um, I have something that could ignite some uh, discussion amongst us. Um, it is a service called Spotify. Um, mm. I, I personally have, you know, I just, I signed up for it because I, I didn't use any of the other web services like, um, you know, it's Moog or Moog. I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce that. Um, or I didn't, I tried RDO for a moment and, um, I think they were just kind of, 
it just didn't have the selection of music that it does now. Because um, I, I kind of view Spotify and RDO as being, you know, pretty much the same thing at this point, just different interfaces. Um, but I've just adopted Spotify, and I love the music experience with it, and um, I really enjoy it as a consumer. I know a lot of record labels have spoken up against it because, you know, the pay. No, it's uh, really cool. I love seeing uh, those one-cent uh, sales. <laughs> really beneficial. <laughs> well, just think of it, Joey. The entire world has access to the Sinking Ship CD. Yeah, so it's also on iTunes worldwide. <laughs> I know, so, and this is what... If someone actually wants to pay real money to support uh, independent record labels, then they would do that. Are, are you, Joey, are you going to pull your catalog off of Spotify? No, because, you know, I get enough one-cent hits where, uh, you know, I have enough to, like, you know, buy some candy, maybe. And honestly, I didn't even know it was on there. Someone told me it was on there. Yeah, so... Uh, so. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Like I said, I enjoy it as a consumer based just based off of the ease of use and the selection of music that's on there. Um, do uh, Scott, I know you use RDO. What's your overall opinion on that? I use RDO. I love it. Um, I hate. I never open iTunes anymore. If I have to listen to a podcast, I'll just go to the website. Um, yeah. Is it, and this Best is, nine bucks is it, a month. This is basically the way that you're going to consume music pretty much from here on out. Yep. Every Tuesday I get, it's like getting a hundred new CDs. Uh, I get all the best reggaeton, all the best Irish, all the best Irish music, all kinds of weird stuff. Um, ben, do you, uh, how do you currently consume music? Mostly, um, I mostly still use iTunes. I have Spotify. I've used it a couple times. I'm not like, I don't know, in some aspects of my life, I really embrace and like seek out ways to make it better with technology, but then others like music, I'm really behind. Like I, I wouldn't even know about Spotify if it wasn't like for a friend of mine that told me, I, I got it, but I don't know. Yeah, you're not convinced as of yet? I still download all my music illegally and doing that is still easier <clears throat> than using Spotify. So I'm probably just going to still do that for a while. Got it. Um, and Joey, you currently still just consume music via the traditional method, as it were. Traditional as in MP3s. Um, well, Besides vinyl, obviously. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Do you, do you also obtain music illegally? Ben was he had no problem admitting that. Uh, sure. Who doesn't these days? You know, it's true. It's what the kids do. <laughs> but uh, you know, for for independent artists, I also like to purchase the the physical goods as well. Sure. Um, so. for the like, for a cloud kicker, Ben, you uh, basically, I mean, your first. What was it like? You know, three EPs, or I mean, you had a wealth of music online for yeah, the first four. Okay, and, and all the music that I did before Cloud Kicker also was all free. Sure, um, and that was it. Was always interesting where it was like you know, Cloud Kicker was one of those things where you had to. It was definitely like a friend of a friend that told you about it, and then you tripped on you know your Bandcamp or whatever yeah. format you were using to use to spread your music. Mm -hmm. um, and then you were just like, holy shit, all this stuff is free. Um, and you've obviously always embraced that idea. Yeah. 
what 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 compelled you to do that as opposed to you know just whatever say like hey pays you you know you might or you know pay whatever you want for this was it just kind of you know you just wanted to get it out there to people that cared about it yeah i didn't really think about it at first because i just um you know i uh let's see since i was we'll say 18 or 19 like music hasn't been the forefront of what i do it's kind of been on the back burner but it's always been like a really fun hobby of mine, obviously. Um, so I, you know, number one, I didn't have, it wasn't until very recently that I could even do that whole pay as you want thing. Um, and I don't think that anyone really thought about doing that before. You know, I didn't before Radiohead put, did that thing. And then nine inch nails did it also. And I was like, Oh wait, you can do that. That would be kind of cool. But I have, I don't know how to do that. You know, I'm not savvy enough to figure that out. Uh, and then Bandcamp made it super easy. So I did that then. Sure. But I wouldn't have done that if I if I hadn't gotten um, lots and lots of emails from people asking how they could give me money. And at first, I thought I just kind of blew it off. Like, oh, that's, you know, it's like one or two people. And then it kept happening. So I figured I might as well do it. Otherwise people would keep hounding me about it, but, uh, it's, yeah, I really, I never planned on making money off of doing that. And the fact that I have still blows me away, but I don't really, um, if I hadn't ever, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Sure. And yeah. You're like your, your last record was basically the first record where you actually did like physical product around it. And you actually like, you know, formally quote unquote released it. Yeah. Um, and I know like, what was that? Go ahead, Scott. Was that a positive experience for you? Oh, definitely. And it still is a positive experience. I mean, that was that was a year ago. And, um, you know, it it's definitely tapered down a little bit. And mostly because I'm letting the merchandise kind of expire now because I'm trying to move on and do something, you know, move forward. But if I had kept all the shirts in stock and kept the vinyl in stock... I know it would probably be as uh, as it, they'd probably be selling as strong as they were, uh, you know, three months ago when I had everything available. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, I thought it was really interesting because I stumbled across your stuff like shortly, maybe about I don't know eight or nine months before that. So then, like when you actually did put it up, it was like you know you really do feel uh, as cheesy as it sounds like good in, you know, actually purchasing music from, you know, from the actual person, you know, just kind of like what Joey was saying, where it's like, you know, it's obviously not satisfying looking at a statement and seeing a penny stream. <laughs> yeah. Versus, yeah. versus I, I thought, go ahead, Joey. So I saw one of my last, of my last statements that said zero cents, <laughs> which was cool. <laughs> And, it, and it's like, I mean, clearly people know that, you know, Joey runs like 613 on records and like anytime they purchase something directly from, you know, his web store, they know that they're supporting him, in, obviously in the band as well. Um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, it, it does give you that sort of, you know, karmic feel where it's like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm supporting this. And obviously I think a lot of kids are losing that idea, <coughs> but, but there are people that still obviously care about him. There's a lot of people actually. I mean... You know, I look at the the stats on Bandcamp, and yeah, the, the vast, vast majority of people are getting it for free. But 
even then the ones that aren't, um, you know, they're like, some people have given me like, like $60 for a free download. I think someone even gave me a hundred dollars for a, the digital download. <laughs> you know, it's like the ones that, that are, that do value that really do. And they, they seem to be really principle driven in that regard. Yeah. It's kind of the, the, you know, the long tail theory where it's like, obviously you, a lot of people are into one thing, but then, you know, a smaller amount of people are into a more niche thing and they're going to be that much more passionate about it rather than, you know, some, you know, Maroon 5 is a random example. It's like, you know, yeah, there's going to be, you know, your hundred people that will buy the $5 million box that they put out. And then you have the rest of the people that are, you know, downloading illegally or whatever. It's like, you just have to find, you have to find those core people and then obviously try to, you know, cater to them and be like, Hey, I care that you care. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's Spotify. And I know that, uh, a lot of record labels have, like, you know, Joey was saying, it's like Dave. Who has pulled, who has pulled the catalog? Well, let's see the labels that I've seen. It's just primarily been in the, like the metal world, um, century media. And it's funny because, Century Media was the first label to pull um, their catalog, and they issued like a press release around it, and they made a big deal out of it. And after that, like Metal Blade pulled theirs, Prosthetic Records pulled theirs. Um, so I think they saw how much press and like discussion it incited, because not only did those record labels get mentioned on like obviously all like the typical punk news websites and what have you, but they also got mentioned on like you know tech blogs and stuff like that where they, you know, they're like, oh, this digital music service, like, labels are leaving it left and right, you know? So, I mean, it could have been just opportunistic where it's like labels saw a point for them to be like, oh, let's make a big deal out of this. But, um, you know, it seems, yeah. like, it seems like they're trying to, you know, make a statement as well as far as, and everybody cited, cited the same exact reasons that you specified. Because so. it's like, isn't someone like... Because it's all just put on based on times it's played, right? As far as I know, yeah. So like, so like someone like you know Kanye West is gonna actually see something from it, theoretically. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Whatever. You, you could you could you could pull your entire catalog and issue a press release and get some press around it, Joey. So go for it. Do you think I should do it? Yeah, just go ahead, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll draft up the press release. <laughs> I'll email. Is it? Is it just Spotify at gmail.com, you think? <laughs> I think so. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, that concludes our uh, quick hit section. That uh, obviously always expands further than the quick. Now it's just an ironic name. I know. It's very true. Because we tried, we tried to make it quick initially, and then that didn't work. Um, now I'll move on to kind of what we've been listening to uh, record-wise recently, and just uh, you know, chatting about that. Um, I'll I'll throw a record first that I've been I was actually shocked that I enjoyed as much as I did. Uh, it's the new Saves the Day record called Daybreak. Um, I I haven't cared about this band in a long time. Uh, I just haven't like the records haven't been bad, but I just haven't had any desire to listen to them. It's like I listen to them once and go, all right, cool, like thanks. <laughs> And then that it kind of goes into my collection, and I just forget about it. Um, but this record I've actually listened to, like, I don't know, a handful of times, and I can see myself, like, kind of revisiting it, um, uh, you know, a, f- a few times here and there. I mean, it's definitely not my favorite Saves the Day record, but uh, 
I just was impressed because, like I said, I hadn't. It's tough to be like pulled back into a band that you kind of haven't cared about for a while. Um, Ray, yes, is is there is the first song really ten minutes long? Oh, I, there, no, I don't think so. So, um, is there a ten minute long song on the? I don't know. I I tried listening to it once and I didn't really get through it. I don't remember much about it. Yeah, the ten minute song I probably just haven't got into because I mean I, I've listened to like you know first seven or eight songs and then maybe it's like one of the last songs, but uh, I'll look I'll look at it. I mean, this is supposed to be like the closure of or like the the final piece of the trilogy of their last like their last three records, correct? Do you know? Yeah, it's supposedly the the yeah the the bookend to the you know under the boards uh, you know whatever the sound alarm. alarm yeah so um, but I like. I don't hear any like real sonic similarities to it. His voice in my Chris Conley's voice, in my opinion, is a much more tolerable because it, it just got super, super nasally over the past two records. Um, yeah. And so it's a hey, little more. I'm from the band, Mario. <laughs> Scott, are you watching YouTube videos? <laughs> Scott, are you even with us anymore? <laughs> I'm, right. I'm right here and guilty. <laughs> Um, sorry, I forgot. I forgot. My, I'm sorry. <laughs> Scott is the worst. He, yes, he is. Um, but yeah, so this, like I said, it was just I was thoroughly impressed. So, um, Ray, yes, didn't you like In Reverie? I did, and I, like honestly, that was the last record I really kind of cared about them for. Um, oh. And then because they, they released two records since, and it's like those records definitely just fell into the. Huh, okay. Yeah. Category. I think I liked the first one. Was Sound the Alarm the first of the three, or was it Under the Boards? No, Sound the Alarm was. What was I, the first one where they had that old glass jaw drummer? Was that Sound the Alarm? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I don't remember. I want to say yes. I think it may have been. Because the, the dude from Face to Face played drums on In Reverie. Mm-hmm. And... On the other records, like the, their earlier records, I think it was maybe the original drummer. I don't remember though. I think it was Sound the Alarm, but that's not said with complete confidence. Yeah. But which one did they get first? Did they get the old bassist of Glassjaw and then the drummer, or the drummer and then the bassist? So I remember I saw them in like '08, and they had both. So they were it had half of Glassjaw. Yeah, it was, was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think I think it might have been uh, how you originally said. Well, I think it was the drummer Drum and then the first. bassist. Yeah, but yeah. So I, I recommend you know Joey. You can give it a, a little more listen. I need um, to. I actually kind of forgot forgot about it. Yeah, um, and never really gave it a chance. I listened a little, and then yeah, I'll go back. I'll give it a little. A better listen. Did you Ben? Did you listen to any of their uh, like? Was In Reverie kind of where you dropped off with them, or did you listen to anything else? In Reverie, that must have come out in like oh oh, it came out in 03. Did it? Is that right? Did it come out in two thousand three? That sounds right. Well, I like discovered it in two thousand seven, and then that kind of got me back into them for a little while. But I guess I'm kind of like Ray. Like I think. I must have listened to those the two albums that came out since a couple times through, but you know if I had to go back and pick a Saves of the Day album at random to listen to, I don't think it would be either of them. 
Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, um, and it I wouldn't know, be the top of my list. No, and I know Scott. Did Scott? Did you ever like Saves a Day, or you always hated them? Always hated them. Right. <laughs> Th- thanks for the input, Scott. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, Scott, you want to throw out a record you've been listening to? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know the whole show is a surprise to you, Scott. Um, oh. I've got one. <laughs> what, what, what would that be? The band Washed Out. They have a record called Within or Without, and it is phenomenal. Um, Ray, help me describe it. Shoegazy, sort of atmospheric. Yeah. 80s. Well, I, the, the, the lamest description I've heard to uh, attach it to the, it attach itself to the band is Chill Wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh my god! Oh, I'll makes, put this on my never listen to list because of that. Well, I know that, and that's the thing where it's like for the longest time because they put out an EP, um, and I just never checked it out because that's exactly like any review I saw was like, "Oh yeah, it's Chill Wave." It's like, what the fuck does that even mean? That's so stupid. Um, but then I listened to it; and it's really cool. I mean, if you're a fan of anything like, you know, Beach House, My Bloody Valentine, um, it's just very. It's in the background music, but it's interesting Peter enough. Gabriel. Okay, Peter Gabriel is a good comparison. Uh, it's interesting enough to kind of keep you engaged, but not like you know so sleepy. I mean, Joey, I I do think it may be tough for you to get into this, but uh, I mean, I like. I mean, I like some of the bands that you mentioned. Yeah, I think you you may you may like it. I mean, I recommend you obviously probably never seeing the band because you'll you know you'll probably want to kill everybody just like probably I would as well. Uh, Fair enough. But and Scott, Scott, don't you really like the artwork? Yeah, it's awesome. What's it called? Um, with or without, the band is called Washed Out. Ah. Scott, you know what's really funny? What? We're in the rooms next to each other, and I can hear you louder <laughs> through the walls than I can through my headphones. <laughs> I'm sorry. Really I don't know what to do about that. Scoot closer. Is that better? No. I'm talking to the back of my computer. You just sound a little muffled. It's okay. Um, and all, and Sub Pop released the record, so they definitely are indie darlings at this point. I uh, think they must have sold a ton of records, too. Oh, yeah. I think they're pretty massively successful. And it's one kid. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of another band called Cloud Kicker. <laughs> just one, one guy at home, you know? Make, making music. Except Ben's is a little more uh, technical, dare we say? I call but, Cloud Kicker Chill Wave. Yeah, I, I, you know, no one picks up on the '80s throwback thing that I'm doing. Oh, I have. Okay, good. But yeah, I, I really like the record, Scott. I, it's it has staying power with me. Um, do you, Ben? Do you listen to anything like that at all? Uh, like the way you described that. The album we were just talking about? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, sort of, like, atmospheric-type stuff, instrumental-type stuff. I mean, obviously, the music you create is instrumental, so you listen to that, but... <laughs> uh, well, I don't really know what it sounds like, but, I yes, I do. Is Washed Out instrumental? Is it entirely instrumental? No. No. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I shouldn't have said that, because <laughs> there are vocals over it. But so, the vocals are, to me, a lot of those, uh, a lot of the thing, a lot of the, what the bands are trying to do within that genre is just use the vocals as kind of another layer 
of music. No, the- yeah. Do you know like one or two bands that would also be like kind of grouped in with them? Um, Atlas th- Sound. That's one. You're gonna have to. What was that, Scott? I couldn't hear you. They're called Atlas Sound. Okay. You want me to just come into your room? <laughs> I mean, you could share my microphone. It'd probably be louder. In- there, there's also a band called Beach House that has that sort of uh, that vibe as well. But um, see, I, mean, I, re- I really like Beach House. Yeah. Do you like? I don't know. Some some people could. Well, I wouldn't say compare directly to like Explosions in the Sky because it's you know way more electronic based. Uh-huh. Um, but there are some elements that could be compared to that, just as far as like the sort of atmospheric or ritual quality to it. Yeah. Well, actually, my fiance listens to like way cooler music than I do, and I know for a fact that she's into both of those bands. So maybe I'll ask her about it. There, there you go. Reference the experts. Yeah. Cool. Um, what about yourself, Joey? What a uh, the record you've been checking out a lot. Um, another indie darling. They go by the name of Blink One Eighty Two. And the record is called called Neighborhoods. Um, uh, you know, their first record they've put out since they got back together. Um, and I don't know if it was completely necessary, per se. Did um, they like gain anything by putting it out again? No. Is it a concept album based off of Travis Barker's experience of being in a plane crash? I feel no. I don't think so. There's a couple songs on there that like seem like they're in reference to that. Oh. Um, but what's really weird about it to me is like, I mean, I feel like the the tension is still very obvious between the two camps. You know, Travis and Mark, and then Tom on the other side, and Tom. The, the deluxe version has 14 songs and Tom sings on 11 of them. Holy it just seems like really shit. weird that, yeah, like it's a, I mean, it, and it, if you liked the, their last record, you, you'd probably like this record. It's, you know, a little, little different, um, kind of angels and airwaves, you know, that style, but it's just weird because it's so Tom heavy that it seems even more like these are just angels and airwaves songs that he gave to blank. Mm. And for some reason, they just are doing these. I don't know. It's really weird. Um, which is why I don't really know how I feel about it because the whole, you know, you know, the back and forth between the two, having two singers and having, you know, you know, half the record one way, half the record the other way, but it's so Tom heavy that I don't know why it's called blink and not angel in waves. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. Ray, I'm curious for you to listen to it and get, get, yeah, well, well I, I'm I'm very interested in checking it out. I, I just was able to download it this morning, so I, yeah, it's I find it. Oh, weird. you didn't get the advanced copy? Uh, <laughs> I did. I didn't get the advanced review copy. Yeah, Geffen sent me a copy. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll make sure to get on their list. Just include include me on the next mail. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll copy you on the next email. Thank you. I I just find it so weird. Like, I, I mean, I. I look at these guys and I go, like, do you, do they need any more money? Like, are they hurting for money? Because it's like, they just don't, you know, like, they don't seem to be having fun. Like, I, I just find it so, it's just strange. It's like a very awkward feeling um, for them kind of, you know, rekindling it and creating music. Like, you know, it's one thing for a tour or whatever, but because, uh, you know, you can tolerate each other and then you could sort of, you know, wax nostalgic while you're out there on your, you know, 15 bus tour. 
of like how tough it was when you were on a three bus tour. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I just feel, it feels awkward and I can't really put my finger on what it is besides probably like you said, the feeling of awkwardness that's probably still existing between the members. But yeah. Well, and I wish they would kind of like talk about that and not do these interviews where like, Oh, we're best friends. We're still best friends. Like, no, you're not. Like, Mark and Mark and Travis have their own manager. Tom has his own manager. You know they don't talk. They all have their own bus. Like the only times those three ever interact with each other is the hour and a half to two hours that they play every day. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, it probably would be super super interesting if they were like really honest with one another and just kind of like threw it out there on the table. Yeah, it would it would make it would make it the whole you know still as playing as a band. A lot more interesting. Sure. Like, so when they first, you know, they did that last tour, the Weezer Taking Back Sunday tour, um, I was very excited. I went twice, you know, would have gone more had they, you know, not sold out so fast. And then, like, this tour, I don't really have the desire to, to go. Sure. Like, if I went, I'd be psyched, but I'm not looking to spend $80 to see him at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> you know, play, play. You know, a bunch of new songs. Sure. When all I want to hear is anything off the old records. Ben, did you ever like Blink at all? Yeah, in high school. Right. Uh, when I was like, uh, <laughs> I mean, didn't isn't that when you're supposed to like Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, that's when I like some people that love different guys. Yeah. I mean, when that when that their last album came out before they broke up, that was like, oh my god, it's different, and they're using like a, a instruments, you know, like that, like like accordions and stuff, and that was interesting, and I enjoyed that because I had, you know, but you know, they definitely have a place in history of like turning me on to something, but then, you know, yeah, there's a time and a place for that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll circle back with my report. And I already know that Scott, obviously, will never listen to this Blink record. unless Joe I'd be surprised if Scott has ever listened to a Blink record. Uh, that was the first CD I ever bought. Which one? Impressive. Actually, I'm sorry, the first, second CD I bought. First was Beck, and then it was Blink-182 Dude Ranch. It's a good record. Old school. Fourth grade. <laughs> fourth, fourth. Jesus. What, well, did you buy it when it you were, did you buy it when it came out? Yeah. Wow, you were young. Impressive. I remember walking to the record store in Long Beach and buying it the day it came out. I think I bought it at a warehouse. <laughs> I'm, dating, <laughs> I'm, I'm dating myself on that one as well. I may have bought it at a Tower Records. <laughs> there you go, dating yourself as well. Or Music Plus? Was that, what was the thing? Music Music Plus. Yes. Was that, wow. Was that what it was called? That was a thing, yes. Yeah. Um, do you, That's but, right. I'd go to the Music Plus in Long Beach to buy, buy tickets and wait in line. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember those days. Um, ben, do you find yourself, like, you know, obviously because you don't really collaborate with anybody in writing your own music. Like, um, do you, you know, when you sit to, when you sit down to write stuff, do you kind of like, all right, today is my songwriting day. Or do you kind of just let things, you know, 
Like, do you take like two weeks off work and just kind of start working on this, or do you just kind of pick stuff up as it goes? No, it, it's kind of at the whim of when my, you know, I get these like bursts of creativity, and sometimes they don't necessarily coincide when I'm with when I'm off work. So the two kind of have to line up. And uh, so I'm kind of at the mercy of my work schedule as to when I can actually sit down. And some, you know, I don't really worry about it anymore because I know that it'll happen. But it used to be frustrating how, like, I'd get really into something and then I'd have to go to work for, like, you know, three days. And then I'd come back and it's like, what was I doing before? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't like that anymore. Uh, so it, it, cha- it changes that quickly with you where it's like uh, you – you know, whatever, one day you're into this and then like you said, you leave and then you come back and you're like, oh yeah, that's terrible. No, not that it's terrible, but, you know, I'm just not in the same place where I was before. Um, And sometimes that actually helps where I'll come back and see like something way differently um, and it'll actually help. So it, it, you know, it goes both ways. Uh, but it's been kind of slow recently because I've been working a little bit more than I was, oh, I don't know, a year ago when I was writing Beacons. Um, but slowly, slowly but surely, I'm getting somewhere. Just trying to figure out where. Got it. Yeah, I'm just always curious because it's like, you know, each each person has their own kind of creative flow and like, you know, when, because some people are productive between the hours of like, you know, five in the morning and 10 in the morning. And it's like trying, I always find it really interesting how people work, you know, like what what they find is their most productive time and how they are able to be creative or how they're able to be productive because obviously those are kind of two separate things and sometimes they don't coincide with one another. So I just find it really interesting um, in how, well, the, how, how people's work patterns develop. Yeah, the thing that happens with me is that like lots of times I'll wake up and I'll just sit down at 10 and then, you know, I'll just kind of start on something and I'll look at the clock and it's like 7 p.m. Um, so that like and I haven't eaten and I haven't showered and I haven't really done anything except sit at the computer and mess with music stuff. So it seems like when I do get into that, when I do find that groove or whatever you want to call it, um, I get like really, really into it. And I just totally disregard anything else that I was supposed to do that day or, um, you know, any kind of prior obligations, even like nourishing myself kind of goes up the window. That's pretty impressive. Scott, honestly, that sounds like you, Scott. It does a little bit. Scott's very uh, manic in his work. There are times where he just, uh, he dives into, you know, whatever uh, coding and programming he's into. And then all of a sudden it's like, he looks like a disheveled homeless man. I'm not sure if you look like a disheveled homeless man, but no, I can't really grow facial hair, so that doesn't happen. Well, Scott's got you beat on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben, you're from you're from Los Angeles. Yeah, I lived there until I was 22, and then I moved to Ohio. So I've been here for like four years. Compare and contrast them for me. Well, it's different. The first thing anyone tells me when or says to me when I tell them like that I grew up in L.A. and then I moved to Ohio, first they look at me as if I have like three heads, and then they <laughs> tell me, well, that was a change, wasn't it? Oh, well, that's 
quite a you know culture shock or whatever term they want to use to tell me that it's that it's different. And uh, for me, I didn't like LA when I was living there. I don't mind now. Like I, you know, all my family still lives there, so I come out a few times a year to schmooze. But uh, I totally like Ohio better than I like Ohio now better than I liked LA when I lived there. But that's just me because I, you know, I got bored with like the non-weather and the uh, traffic and the people. And so for me, the good parts about Ohio are that, or Columbus, because, you know, there's crappy parts of Ohio too. Um, Columbus is kind of a, it's a college town, so it's a bit more progressive than the rest of Ohio. Uh, It's smaller. Did I say, did I say anything of value regarding the difference between the two places? Um... Enough. <laughs> Scott, would you ever move to uh, also, Columbus, Ohio? Scott? Not really. I I like the idea of being surrounded by tons and tons of options and people and different types of people. I'm not, I don't know. I've never lived in a small town. I, I presume Columbus is a small town. Well, it's, uh, that's the thing that, like, when I moved, before I moved out of L.A., I thought that anything smaller than L.A. was, like, backwoods. And then I did, and uh, I was like, oh, it's like, you know, there's there's just shy of a million people that live in the city. So it's not, it's not tiny. I mean, it's not like Mo- Mobile, Alabama. But, right. you know, it's just, if you're into that vibe, like for me, it's great because I, like the days that I do drive my car, it's no more than like 20 minutes and you can get from one side of the city to the other, like because there's never any traffic. And then yeah. um, we live like on pretty much the main street in Columbus. It's called High Street. And um, so we pretty much walk to everything. Um, it's stuff like that that I really like. Do you, do you ever hang out at the Abercrombie and Fitch compound? Uh, where's that? I believe it's um, a friend of mine moved from L.A. to Columbus to work there. And I think it's outside of Columbus somewhere. But they have a huge like compound. Well, it's, they I don't know what they they have some name for it, but it's yeah, like it's this huge like the campus. That's it. Um, I don't know. It's somewhere out there. Why is it called that? What do they do there? I don't know. I have I, I don't know if that's where they just do all the design. I mean, I guess it's pretty hard taking bicycles and putting on t-shirts and riding Abercrombie and Fitch. But um, <laughs> I think that's where they. Uh, I think I don't really know, but I. What? I was just gonna say, I think that's where they breed the shirtless models for their uh, their shoots. Okay, where they they have the elephants that they can ride on. But I think it's just like a huge park with like walkways. It's supposed to be like like a peaceful like area that they can just go hang out and not feel like they're at work. Huh. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Um... What records have you uh, been, or what record have you been checking out, Ben? That uh, has tickled your fancy. Well, I was just looking at that because nothing new, nothing has come out even this year. I don't think. Um, No problem. uh, I've said before, like the the number one thing that I've been listening to, like in the past two years, even has been that the newest uh, Sufjan Stevens album, The Age of Odds. Um, 
I was super, super into that. Like it took me six months after it came out, I started getting into it. I like listened through to it like once and it was like, this is all right. And then something clicked and like in April of this year, I listened to nothing but that all month. Um, like the, the new, uh, the, the newest Death Cab for Cutie album that came out, I was super into for a couple weeks. The new Battles album that came out, I was also into for a couple weeks. Um, but like recently, I don't really know. I've kind of been jumping back and forth. The thing with me is that like when I get into, when I have um, a few songs done of my own, I start listening to them and like critiquing them a lot. And I kind of like don't listen to music for a little while. Um, I thought I, like, I was going to, I was going to ask you like, does that, cause to me that would seem like obviously because you have 100% creative control and you have 100% of the ability to track and record these things. Um, and because you're obviously so deliberate in the way that you present your music, um, that when do you like, you know, when do you call yourself done or when do you stop driving yourself crazy where it's just like, Oh dude, that, that eight sixteenth part, like I fucked that part up or whatever. Like, cause it, it, it seems like you could get in a never ending, like, you know, the snake chasing its tail or snake eating its tail. Yeah. The, so like, when do you, oh, wait, Ouroboros? is that what you mean? What's that? Ouroboros? Oh, is that the technical term for it? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, holy shit. You, you're sorry, just, you're, buddy. you're dropping knowledge, dude. It's okay. Um, uh, yeah, when do you, when do you stop? <laughs> most most of the stuff that I obsess about isn't like technical aspects of the music. It's like the the mixing and the mastering of it. Um, because if it's like I don't finish a song, you know, the writing like I write it and record it at the same time. Um, so I don't feel like if a song's finished, that means to me like all the parts are in the right place. And the general idea is where it should be. So then I, I can pretty much stop obsessing about the song. And once I have, like, five to ten finished songs, then it's a matter of, like, getting them sounding the way I think they should sound. You know, all the parts are there, and all the, you know, like I said, the, the technical stuff is there. Uh, and the thing that I obsess way more than anything else is just how it sounds. And compared to how I feel like it should sound. So, I mean, that is like a, a snake chasing its tail kind of thing where I could spend a lot of time on it. But, I mean, you know, I get to a point where um, I don't know, you just say this, it, it's just being honest. Like I could always, I could always go back and improve stuff, but uh, um, there is a thing, such a thing as, it being actually good enough, not good enough in a mediocre way, but good enough. Like anything I would do to this would not really change what it is. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's just, I could easily see that, that process, you know, potentially driving yourself crazy. But, um, all those, all those records you talked about, uh, I personally, every single one of those, I, was probably the same opinion as you, where it's like I checked them out for a little bit, but then um, didn't. I mean, the Sufjan Stevens record, the only reason I really checked it out was because Scott recommended it on, we did like a year-end episode, and he put that in his top yeah. 10. He put it in his top 10, and I yeah. was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, 
I only the, the I think it's like the second track. It's like whatever. There's too much writing on that. That's the lyric. Um, that song's unbelievable. Um, that and that's the thing that's resonated with me the most. But I was the same way. I checked it out after Scott recommended it. I I really enjoy that record, and I also really enjoy the new Death Cab, even though it's kind of weird. And but yeah, yeah. I liked that. It's weird. I like that's actually there's two albums. Obviously, Sufjan Stevens a little more than Death Cab for Cutie, but I think that's what they have in common is that, uh, to me, it was those bands and people um, kind of purposely, you know, their releases before that were driving them into a certain, like they were pigeonholing themselves. And yeah. Those albums were the, no, we're not that. We're, and just to prove that we're not that, we're going to do something that's way different. And, and, you know, if you really were into what we were doing before, you might even hate this album. Um, yeah. And I really, I really like that. There's actually some, some songs on this new Death Cab record are probably some of my favorite songs they've ever written. Yeah. It's just, as a record as a whole, it's, it's not the easiest listen. Yeah. Um, but I saw, I've seen them live twice on this, like, touring on this record. And just, like, the songs off the new record live are really, really cool. Yeah, they uh, seem like they would be. I just... I would love to go to a Death Cab for Cutie show. I don't know that I would enjoy the the Death Cab for Cutie clientele, especially the people that they're you know in Columbus that would. I don't know. I don't. I don't mean to knock anyone, but I just feel like. No, they're pretty annoying. I can. You know, like <laughs> rows and rows of fixed gear bicycles outside the venue. <laughs> <laughs> you will. You also. You also might get some of the shirtless Abercrombie and Fitch uh, people from the campus there too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it even seems like now, like the LA shows, like there's not a lot. I mean, there are, but it's. I mean, tons of just like radio people. Like they, like they're still you know, the old like like indie kids that go, but it's a lot of just like norms. Like a lot of civilians go to these shows. <laughs> a lot of civilians. I love when we're able to pull the word civilian in. <sighs> cool. Do you feel passionate about a movie that I saw recently? As, um, as did I. Sweet. Uh, I saw, I watched a documentary. Well, first of all, I never thought I would ever watch anything on the Oprah network. Uh, but, and it's called own for those people that are, uh, interested in watching her 24. I think our listeners will be, I mean, our listeners are definitely big fans of Oprah Winfrey. I mean, Oprah's going to be on pretty soon, right? If Oprah did a first world problems, that would probably be the, one of the most compelling interviews she's ever done. Just saying. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Maybe we could just email Oprah at gmail.com. I think that's what it is. Can you get on that? Oprah Winfrey? Because Oprah was probably taken. That, that's true. Um, I'll right. reach out to her. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I watched a movie on the OWN network. Uh, it's a documentary on, uh, it's called The Sons of Perdition. It's basically about the fundamental Mormon movement or religion, uh, FLDS, uh, Latin function. I, can't, I think, was the, what are you going to I say? I think you mentioned this two episodes ago. Did I really? Yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you talked about it though. Oh, it was on your list, but I don't think you talked about it. Okay, you uh, you talked about hobo with the shotgun. You're one hundred percent correct. Thank you, Joey. Um, one of us has to pay attention, Scott. True. 
Um, so yeah, this movie is about uh, like Warren Jeffs and the fundamental, uh, you know, like I said, Mormon, where you know they believe in polygamy. Um, they live on a compound. Uh, you know, all the girls wear uh, very you know modest clothing. They're not allowed to show their skin besides their hands and their face. Um, and so basically, it's about these kids that have that essentially defect and escape from this compound and what their life is after they leave the compound. And, uh, I mean, it's insane. It's just stuff that you're like, obviously you're very glad that you personally don't have to go through, but, um, it's just a a really compelling look at, you know, what, what it means to be, you know, born into a world that you obviously you're born and raised this way. And then all of a sudden you're exposed to a little bit of the outside world. And it's like, Holy crap, I don't want any of what I've experienced, but the main, like the the main, I guess, compelling drama of this entire documentary is the fact that once these kids leave the camp and the compound, is they're never able to see their parents again. Like they're not able to see their brothers, their sisters, their mothers, their father. Um, and so, you know, no matter how much you want to escape from something like that, these kids are like, well, I'm literally on my own out here, and I've got no roots whatsoever. So, it was a really good documentary. Ray, I have Talking two about questions. the Amish. No, no, it's uh, Mormonism. Oh, sorry, I had to go to the bathroom. No, it's okay. No, there, there is a documentary on what you're taught, like the Mormon. What was it, Scott? It's like the Mormon break or something like that. The name of the church? No, no, the like the Amish where they go on a break. Like you remember that documentary we were talking about? Yeah, the Amish when they're like 18, they go on a break for a year. Yeah, and then you could decide whether you want to be in the church. But I think the difference in the Mormon faith or in this weird sect of the Mormon faith is that like young men are considered a threat because they're, you know, there's only so many girls and each one of these older figures has like, you know, 19 wives. So there, there can't be that many men. So the old guys treat these kids like shit and they try to push them out. Yeah, no, that's true. There's a component of that for sure. They didn't like this documentary didn't hit on that. It was more so like the kids kind of escaping just because they didn't want to live that life. But yeah, Got it. but yeah, no, Ray, that's a compelling. Anyways, what, Joey? I have a couple questions. Please, um, is Warren Jeffs the guy that's currently in jail? Yes, that's. The and guy. is he still is he still in a coma? He, I don't know about the coma. Did he? Just, did, you hear, did he die? I'm googling it because yeah. I know he was on a he like he had a hunger strike and then he got put in a medically induced coma because he was killing himself. Yeah, in a coma. Uh, in a still coma. in a coma. Um, and then is it only, um, is it a, or I guess follow up question to that. Is it, is it focused on him? Is this before he's in jail or is he, it it transpires as like kind of as it's going like, and in the, probably in the last about three quarters of the, of the way through is when Warren Jeffs gets put away. Um, so it's kind of like it's happening as the movie is kind of unfolding. Okay. Yeah. Is it only available on the own network or can you I, watch I, it anywhere else? I, I've seen it. I think it's available for rental on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. But, or whatever Netflix is being called these days. Uh, Quarry. Um, Quarry Girl, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think, but, and it's weird because uh, the own network is also they've commissioned like another four documentaries. And so it's just crazy. They're putting a lot of money into it, but yeah, a really good movie. So everyone should check it out. What's it called? 
Sons of Perdition. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you'd like to read a book about this weird stuff, John Krakauer wrote a book called Under the Banner of Heaven that was fantastic about the history of the Mormon Church and all the different <clears throat> offshoots. Really good. Yeah, you, you saw something as well, Joey? Uh, yeah, I just wanted uh, to recommend the movie Drive starring Ryan Gosling. He's so hot. Anyways, um, it's, I don't even, I mean, I guess the previews are pretty misleading, so I, I don't really want to go into detail, um, except leaving the movie, all I could say was, this was probably the coolest movie I've ever seen. Um, it's incredibly violent. Nice. Uh, incredibly, like, s- slow pace sounds like a, it's a disservice to the movie, but it's it's slow paced in a good way, with one of like the coolest soundtracks, I think that's you know been used in a movie. Um, primarily, there's a there's a song that's played in I believe a few times by a band called College, uh, called A Real Hero, that I mean I immediately came home and bought it on iTunes because all I wanted to do was listen to it over and over again. Um, but it's it's very very cool and hi- highly recommended. It's I don't think it'll necessarily be for everyone because it is very, very weird. Um, movie or that song? The movie. Okay. The movie. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. It's <clears throat> I don't, like I don't, I don't really want to go into too much detail. Yeah, don't. I have no idea what that movie's about, and like those movies are always the best ones. Yeah, I, I yeah, I would see it. I could. It will probably end up being one of my favorite movies of the year. Cool. So. Yeah, the, the pre- I mean, the previews make it look like kind of a you know an action-ish movie. Um, it didn't hook me, but it, just because it's been out there and people have been saying such good things about it that you know it makes me want to go. I, I think you would love it, Ray. Awesome. Yeah, it, I think it has all, all the elements of a movie that you would enjoy. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Have you uh, have you watched anything recently, Ben? That's flipped your switch. Um. I'm going to think about it because nope. <clears throat> I have a really hard time remembering movies that I've seen recently. Yeah, no problem. What about yourself, Scott? Nope. Scott, you can just log off if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I did while, while you're, you're thinking, Ben, I did want to ask a question. Just wait, to, wait, oh, wait. Oh. I have a movie. Okay, there you go, Scott. I had to look at my movies list. Okay. The movie Terry. Have you seen the previews for that? No. It's about a really uh, a huge, large, obese high school student who has a ton of trouble growing up, and his his principal um, I forget the the actor's name. He's really weird looking, but they have a weekly meeting, and it's really funny. Check it out. Is it meant to? Be, is it a funny movie? Yeah. Okay. And it eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Is anybody in it like that we would know? Yeah, the I forget the actor's name. I don't know, Scott. You've been looking stuff on the computer all day. Try this website. It's really new. It's called IMDb. Maybe you can find it there. The actor's name, John ah. C. Riley. Ah, okay. John C. Riley. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Check that out. It's available for download on any of your uh, 
backwoods website to provide free movies. <laughs> What's it, it called? Terry, T-E-R-R-I. John C. Riley's not the fat kid, is he? No. Oh, that would be. Principal. Oh. That would be it's, pretty it's funny. Really, it's really awesome. Check that out. Cool. Thanks, Scott. You sound tired there, big guy. Always tired. <laughs> um, ben, before you dove into your movie, uh, I just wanted yeah. to ask you, you know, since obviously the record that you put out, you know, last year, you've kind of, uh, you know, on a more official manner, been, you know, doing more interviews and have been more, you know, exposed for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, have you, uh, I know it was obviously a conscious effort on your part. Um, you know, have you enjoyed the experience so far or is it one of those things where you're just like, well, uh, you know, that was fun, but I don't know if I'm going to really do that again. <laughs> no, it's been great. Cause I, I'm not, you know, it's all me. I decide how much of it I want to do and I would only do as much as I was comfortable with to begin with. And I, you know, even saying that I haven't ever turned anything down. Um, I really enjoy doing interviews with people because you, you get to talk to people that are automatically your friends and you don't even know them. Like in what other aspects of life can you just approach a total stranger and they already think of you as like, they already have a, a positive um, idea of who you are. I, you know, I've even met up with people in Columbus, you know, people that have bought shirts with from me that said, Hey, do you want to just meet up so you don't have to ship it to me? I, I always say yes because it's just it's really fun to me that I kind of happened on this way to um, uh, just only meet people that uh, already have a positive image of who I am. And that sounds kind of egotistical, but I feel like I just in life, I, um, I approach people in that way where, you know, I at least try on my good days, I can do it on my bad days. I'm really bad at it of like, you know, giving people the benefit of the doubt. And lots of people are just they like, it seems like they don't have time for that. So they kind of, seems like a lot of people are really, um, really apt to just blow people off initially if they're not important. So that's just a long way of saying that I really enjoy the positivity that that the album is created and um yeah i really i really have enjoyed it that's cool yeah because it could be i know obviously it could go a completely different direction where it was like well it's cool but you know now uh the sort of mystique of cloud kicker that he's revealed himself he's a human he's not just like some computer uh that's you know creating this type of stuff um that because because the mystique is worn off that people would be like oh i'm not not as interested anymore were you ever worried about that I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. You're, I don't. You're, it's you're it's boring, not really. You're a boring human now, dude. Yeah, it's it doesn't seem like that that is that big of a deal. That's good. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not into the. Uh, I, I'm not into the idea of of celebrity, and I'm not. I'm totally not saying that 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 I think of myself in that way at all. Um, but. I could, you know, I, I could have let this all go to my head and start thinking that I'm a big deal. Um, and that would have really turned me into a crappy person. Uh, so I didn't, you know, I don't feel any differently than I did a year ago before I put that out. And, um, 
I think it would be cool if more people were like that. Cool. You know? Yeah. Like, no. isn't it isn't it shitty how um, there's like a segment of our society that a lot of people think are somehow not just ordinary people. I think that's really weird. Is it? it I don't know. I don't lie awake thinking about these things, but since you asked, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the idea of celebrity is really weird. Yeah. And, well, I think celebrity, especially because. And I think I was coming at it from the standpoint of where it's like, obviously everybody at this point, especially from a band perspective, you know, feels that giving, you know, 100% access is obviously the way that, you know, kids interact with bands. Um, and kids, you know, maybe some of them have grown accustomed to, hey, I need, you know, 15 video updates from, you know, you in the studio or whatever. Um, yeah. And obviously I think we're getting to the point now where it's like, dude, I don't give a shit, like... We 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 know way too much about you, and then obviously yeah. bands are swinging in the other direction where they're like, "All right, you know, maybe as opposed to fifteen videos, we'll do one." You have to, you know, become scarce, as it were. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that that was definitely like the direction of where you know I was just curious. It's like because you've come from a place of being, and not like being secretive, where it was on your own accord, where you're just like, "All right, I will create this mythical creature." And I will unleash it on the world when I feel like it. Um, yeah. But that it was coming from a place of, you know, like that that's where it was. But yeah, no, the idea of celebrity is obviously funny. And I think where people are at, especially in independent music, is that, you know, I mean, some people would view, you know, it's like they, you know, they meet Joey and they're like, oh my God, you're the guy who runs 6131 Records. And Joey's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. No, no, no one thinks that. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but the, yeah, people, people just put certain people up on pedestals and then like maybe once they meet them and then realize that they are an actual, you know, human, like you said, and realize it's like, oh, they're cool. Then yeah, it breaks those stereotypes down, you know? Well, I think it's also important to remember that no matter who you are and what level of fame you've achieved, um, at some point you'll become irrelevant again and no one will care about you. Um, and it's not, it's in the same way that like, you know, maybe that's a dark thing to think, but it's like, enjoy the party while it lasts. Yeah, no, definitely. Exper experience it while you can, because then, yeah, you, it, it can be gone just as quickly as it can, as it came in the first place. Yeah. So I'm, I'm having fun at the party right now. Party away. Yeah. No one's, no one's going to stop you. To that end, Ben. Have you been approached by any like formal record labels? Um, yes, I think three or four. Um, and I couldn't tell you which ones they were, but I thank them kindly. And it's just not what I want to do. Tell them, get off your lawn. Uh, yeah. And I threw a shoe at them. Good idea. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, from the conversations we've had about it is like, you know, you obviously you want to keep, the music exactly where it's at as opposed to let's develop a business plan around it and like <laughs> like here here's where yeah. we can kind of go from there i mean i do everything i do the i mean obviously i do all the music stuff and then i do the answering emails about hey why hasn't my t-shirt come and i do i go to the post office and drop it off and i you know buy all you know everything that has to do with what's going on here i do and uh 
you know, it was kind of hard to keep up with the orders a few months ago, but it's fine now. And I, you know, every, every, I'll get like an order a day. And, uh, obviously that's, I'm able to handle that. But, you know, at the peak of that, I, I considered, there was a guy who sent me an email and he said, Hey, I read your blog and it sounds like you're having trouble filling your order. So if you, you know, we run this thing that, you know, we'll fill your orders for you. And I said, okay, here's like 10 questions I have about your services, you know, get back to me. And he sent me like a copy and paste, uh, you know, as if I, as if he hadn't approached me about it. You know what I mean? He sent me like the stock. Here's the copy and paste of our FAQ page and none of it addressed anything that I wanted. And I said, well, I, you know, I provide, I would hate for, for it to go from me answering everyone's questions and dealing with people, you know, in reality to like that level of, of interaction. So I, I do, you know, in my everyday life, I value, um, like good quality customer service. Uh, so I try to provide that also. Sure. D- D- DIY or die, right? <laughs> That's right. Like, if you don't do it DIY, you should kill yourself. Yeah. (laughs) That is a perfect motto. Drive your car into oncoming traffic if you don't like doing things yourself. (laughs) Um, Joey or Scott, did you have uh, any questions you wanted to ask Ben? Um, No, that'll do it for me. Ben, (laughs) I have a a question. Yeah, what's up? Um, I'm not one, like, 100% from it. Like, I've heard your stuff. Yeah. Um, but am I correct? You don't ever do anything live. No. Have you ever thought have, about? I don't have. Well, no, you don't have other people. But have you ever thought about putting something together and performing live? Thought about it briefly, um, you know, and I still might. But I just, I'm so not motivated to do that right now. I've played, you know, I've, I've been in bands before, and I've played shows. I know what goes into like even just the amount of practice that you have to do to play one show. <laughs> um, I, it's just. I don't really want to do that right now. I like my best friend lives actually in the apartment beneath me and he's a super good drummer, but, uh, I'd rather hang out than have band practice. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, so, so maybe so. that's, maybe that's lazy, but that's just where I am right now. What? So you wouldn't be interested in a 30 day van tour. I were to offer you starting tomorrow. <laughs> that wouldn't, no, I would, I would, I would say yes and then decline and spend 30 days at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know, Ben. You're, you're obviously you're, – you're, your priorities are just obviously skewed. You have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, probably, I should probably just uh, sign to a label and have them decide things for me. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually a much easier process. Speaking from experience, it's much easier. <laughs> I love hanging out on the internet, so thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no problem.